Man, we got a super special, we got an honor and a privilege to host a guest who's going to speak for us. Um, he's a close friend, and you know, he has many hats. He's a man of many talents. He's um, a pastor. Uh, he's a missionary. He's a rapper. He's a brother. You know, he's, he's got many hats. But you know what? For me, I've known him for a few years now, and I've had the privilege of uh, getting to know him. And, you know, if I could choose one word uh, to describe him, um, I would say uh, it would be extravagance. I'd say extravagance. You know, he, whatever he does, he does it with extravagance. He's not afraid to hold back, but he'll go after it with all of his heart. And you know what? I just see that in his worship to the Lord. You know, he pours his heart out. He pours his worship to the Lord extravagantly. And, you know, that's just been uh, inspiration to me. And he's been a, a role model to me in that way. And so I just want to have the honor and the privilege to introduce my good friend, Michael Cho. How you give it up for Michael Cho. That introduction was amazing. I didn't get one for first service, and so I really wanted one. Daniel heard my heart. And I uh, almost cried. That was beautiful. How's everyone doing today? Um, I know my laptop has my face on it. I noticed my eyes are really small. Um... I was at, in children's ministry last week, and uh, I'm not going to mention names, but one of the kids came up to me, and um, he was like, your eyes are really small. And I was like, I know. He's like, my mom said people with eyes like you are really smart. And I was like, that's right. We are smart. We can do math, but we can do other things too. And so I thought that was a funny story. Um, as you heard, Pastor... <laughs> Pastor Benjamin and Sonny are on their sabbatical. They are the head pastors of this church. And um, I must say, it's an honor to be up here on this pulpit because the people they've let come up here have been quite excellent. How many of you guys were here last week? David O. preached a powerful message. <laughs> Woo! Um, on Thursday, Daniel Kim, Pastor Daniel Kim, preached an amazing word. Last uh, Friday, right, Matthew Kim preached a word at youth. You know, Koreans are taking over the pulpit. It's our time. It's our time to shine. Hallelujah. And so I'm the last wave of Korean you'll see for a while, I think, but I'm excited that I could top it off. And um, I'm so very honored uh, to be sharing the word with you. And I thank you, Pastor Benjamin and Sonny. If you're watching from L.A. or Korea, thank you so much. I'm really excited. Let's uh, start with the word of prayer. Lord, I thank you that there's a celebration in this season, God. There's a celebration of what you're doing. There's joy in this house, God. And I pray that every son, every daughter would catch it. Or we're going to be like that guy at the party who doesn't see the festivities going around and all he does is wallow in their own sorrow. I pray that we would catch the celebration of what you're doing right now. We would catch the joy of what you're doing and we would enter in to what you're doing in this house. Yeah. So we thank you. We pray for an open atmosphere right now where we can just enjoy your presence, enjoy the word and receive it with an open heart. We love you, Lord. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Um, I want you to open up to Psalm 119. Verse 111. We're going into the 100s now. We're not playing games. <laughs> Hallelujah. When you found it, say Shata. Okay. This is going bad. <laughs> All right. This is the verse. Your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. I'm going to read that again. Your testimonies are my heritage forever, 
for they are the joy of my heart. You know, another translation could read, your testimonies are my inheritance forever, for they are the joy of my heart. You know, I was thinking about what I should preach today, and um, I was kind of panicking for a little bit because I wanted to release a really good word. I wanted to get the amens. Every preacher's desire is to get the amens, the come-ons, the preach it. You know, we want that. <laughs> we love it, and usually it comes with a good word. And so I was, I was searching. I was going everywhere. I was looking for a good word. And, you know, David O. preached a powerful message last week. I went up to him before he preached, and I said, David, um, I wish you the best, man. I know you're going to go kill it. But you know what? Don't be too amazing because I got to follow you. And so, but, but then at the same time, I don't want him to be bad because then I'll just feel, you know, really bad about it. But if he's too good, I'll be really intimidated. And so I was like, David, you got to land somewhere in the middle for me, okay? And set me up to do well. And what did he do? He killed it. I've never seen a Korean man preach it like that. And, um, you know, I didn't feel intimidated. You know what I felt? I felt pumped up and confident to go because I saw my brother go ahead of me. I saw him do it with excellence, and I knew that I could do it too. And the Bible says we go from glory to glory. And so I believe that because David preached a glorious message, I'm a priest a glorious-er message because we go from glory to glory. And so I want to say, thank you, David. That was amazing. And that's the nature of testimony. And that's what I'm going to share on today. You know, Instead of looking for a good word, the Lord just snapped me out of it and said, Mickey, you got to open your eyes. Literally. (laughs) You got to open your eyes and you got to see. That's a good word. That gets some amens. You got to open your eyes, Mickey, and you got to see what I'm doing right now in the house. And so I opened my eyes in the spirit, of course. And um, I realized the Lord is doing two things. Number one, he's teaching us what it means to engage in true fellowship, intimacy with one another. You know, lay communities are forming. Our lay community meeting was last night, and it was off the hook. Christopher Huang got amazing healing testimony. You guys heard it. But more than that, we just prophesied life over one another. We got to share our passions. And the Lord has been teaching us how to burn together as one family. The second thing I realized the Lord is doing, though, he's doing a whole lot of healings, right? In the last month alone, we've had so many miraculous healings. And I believe the Lord, he doesn't just do it to meet our needs. He doesn't just do it because he loves us, but he wants to release something into this house through the testimonies of the healings. And what I felt, what, what I felt like the Lord was saying was this. He longs to release heaven here on earth. That's God's desire. He wants to release heaven here on earth, here in this church, here in Emeryville, here in Oakland, here in the Bay Area. He longs to release the kingdom of God. But... What he spoke to me is he'll only allow us to possess that which we're ready to steward and steward well. For example, um, okay, when I was a kid, I got an allowance, right? And uh, my, my parents, when I was like seven, I think that's when I started five or seven, I don't know, but they started giving me allowance. They didn't start off by giving me a hundred bucks because what would I have done? I probably would have drawn on it or I probably would have spent it on candy and just got buckets of candy. I wouldn't know how to steward a hundred dollars well. It's not wise to give a child what they're not ready to steward and steward well. And in the same way, um, you know, when I was 16, um, something drastic happened in my life. Something that just changed me and my family forever. I got my driver's license. Yes. Parents, I know you're dreading the day. 
But I got my driver's license, and the truth was, I was really excited, and I thought, oh, man, I get to drive everywhere. I get to, I don't have to ask my parents for a ride to go see that rated R movie that I'm going to sneak into. I was so excited to get my driver's license. But you know what? The truth of the matter was, I was not ready to steward that responsibility well. That My, my first year alone, 16 to 17, um, I got a lot of tickets. I mean, let me... I got so many tickets. The DMV first sent me a letter. They said, um, you have an um, unusual amount of tickets um, on your record. You're in danger of losing your license. And I was like, oh, man, that's a good warning. I'm going to try to drive better. I actually got more tickets after that. And, okay, check this. The DMV sent me another letter. And this is the one that really kind of pierced my heart. This is literally what it read. It said, Michael Cho. You are amongst California's worst drivers. You are the reason for deaths and accidents on the road. I was like, DMV talks like that? I was, you know, I was really hurt. But the truth was I wasn't ready to steward that responsibility. And sometimes the best thing God could do for us is withhold our inheritance from us until we're ready. Because that which he releases, we're now responsible to steward, to multiply and release into this earth. And so... I believe God, in this hour, he's doing something new. He's releasing a wave of healings, but it's not just for the sake of releasing a wave of healings. He wants to establish a supernatural culture here in this house. But a supernatural culture cannot be sustained apart from the foundation of testimony. And you know what I'm noticing? There's so many healings that are coming through. But the question is, are we building or establishing a culture of testimony to keep the flow of miracles and breakthroughs coming through? And that's what I want to talk about today, establishing a culture of testimony. The question is, what is a testimony? You know, I used to think a testimony is, oh, you know, I was going through this. Then I met Jesus. Then I got saved. My life turned upside down. Now it's good. Or I thought a testimony is, oh, I got healed and um, I'm good now. I'm perfectly healed. But you know what? A testimony goes beyond that. Testimony is the written or spoken record of anything that God has done in history. I'm going to say that again. A testimony is the written or spoken record of anything that God has done in history. The thing we have to realize is we're not the main characters of the testimonies that we share. But you know what I find? A lot of times we place ourselves as the main character of the testimonies we decide to share. The truth is God is the main character of every single testimony. I don't care if you're in the middle, in the thick of it. You know, I was going through this, I was going through that. But God is ultimately the main character. Testimony is meant to reveal what God is doing. And you know what I find? Um, when people share testimonies, I find a lot of us, you know, we share like three-fourths or four-fifths of it, we talk about everything that the enemy's done. You know, like, oh, I was going through depression, and I was going through this. I was locked in my room. I was eating cookies by the pounds. You know, I was, I was going through this enemy's work on my life is so big. And then we ended saying, oh, but the Lord rescued me. Hallelujah. Thank you, guys. You know, we've, I find that a lot of us, we highlight the testimony of the enemy. And we don't highlight the testimony of God. We make the enemy or ourselves the main character of our testimony. But God was always meant to sit in that seat as the main character. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's good, right? Amen. Amen. I can amen myself, right? Amen. Testimonies are part of our internal, eternal inheritance. Anything God has said or done, it's part of our inheritance. Any testimony that we've received or gone through 
is part of our eternal inheritance. And one thing the Lord spoke to me is we have to learn how to honor our personal testimony. You know, I told uh, the first first service I preached, I said, um, there's a lot of struggles that come with growing up in the suburbs. (laughs) I know I'm gangsta and all. I'm a rapper. But um, I did grow up in the suburbs. And there's a lot of problems, you know. Uh, One thing was when I was growing up in church, um, they'd tell me to come and share my testimony. And, um, you know, I'd long for the cool testimony. I felt like I didn't have a cool testimony. Like, I wanted the testimony where I was chased by drug dealers for 13 days. And I had to hide out in my, in my brother's basement. And I had to wait there. And then finally I got released. And then the angel of the Lord came. To- you know, I wanted some crazy testimony that I'd hear. But I just had this born. Oh, okay. I, I grew up in a Christian family. My grandfather was a pastor. I went to a Christian school. I went to a Catholic school. And then I just got saved. You know, I wanted an exciting testimony. And what I felt what the Lord was saying is when you devalue your own personal testimony... You take yourself out. Oh, you, you take God out of the place of main character and you place yourself in. And I realized that's what I was doing. We have to learn to honor our own personal testimony. Let me tell you my testimony. My grandfather was a powerful minister of God. He sold everything he had, moved with his family to America, planted a church in San Francisco. And the, the heritage and the culture of Christianity passed down from glory to glory from my father and to me. I grew up in a Christian family when I was in second grade at a Christian school. My second grade teacher took me aside during recess. She took 15 minutes out of her day, shared the gospel with me. I received Jesus Christ that day in second grade when I was seven years old. I, I experienced the Holy Spirit in high school for the first time. Man, I was bawling my eyes out. I was baptized by the presence of the Spirit. People were prophesying over me. After that, I backslid a little, lived a double life. And then in, in college, in the lowest point of my life, when I felt like I had nothing left to live for, I was on the floor and the Lord encountered me and he put his arms around me. I literally felt his arms, guys. He put his arms around me. And he whispered in my ear, you're my beloved son. You're my favorite. I'm proud of you. And I love you with all my heart. And from then, I just walked into sonship. A year after that, for my birthday, I asked God for a birthday gift. I went up to the mountains um, to be holy. And uh, I was fasting and praying. And I asked God, God, give me a birthday gift. And he said, you are called to minister full time to the nations. That's my testimony. It's powerful. You have to learn how to honor your testimony, your own personal testimony. You know, your testimony should be your favorite story to tell. But what I find is a lot of believers, they're ashamed. Or they say, oh, you know, my testimony is not as exciting as, you know, all those, uh, you know, this guy went through drug rehab, all this and that. It's not as exciting. But we have to see it through the scope that God calls us to see it through. Are you looking at your own personal testimony through the scope of comparison or through the scope of thanksgiving? We have to look at it through the scope of thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm glad I could be myself up here. <laughs> Pastor Benjamin and Sonny always tell me um, the one key thing you have to learn when preaching is how to be yourself up there. And so you guys are making it easy. I find that our generation, we're trying to use theology to try to win souls. But the problem is, to a world, to an unbelieving world, there's no sovereignty in the word of God yet. They don't regard it as a sovereign word or truth. You know, I was, when I was living in Davis, California, going to college, there's these group of believers. Um, 
man, I had trouble with this in the first service. I don't know what to call. I don't want to dishonor them. But they were just the kind of guys that put up their signs and said, you're going to hell. You know, homosexuality is you're going to hell. All these things on campus. And people would walk by and they wouldn't even know this person. They'd be like, harlot, harlot, I bet you slept around this weekend. You know, they'd just be judging, casting judgment and condemnation on people. And, you know, biblically, they weren't off at all. They were correct in what they were saying. But to an unbelieving world, they don't regard the word as sovereign. But let me tell you something about your testimony. No one can refute your personal experience. They could call you crazy. They could think you're bonkers. But no one could refute the fact that this is what I went through. This is what I experienced. And this is what I'm sharing with you. I believe God's going to win thousands upon thousands of souls in our generation if people would rise up and be bold enough to share the stories that God has placed in their lives. Next question we have to say is, what is the purpose of a testimony? A testimony reveals the nature and character of God. It reveals who God is and what God does. Testimonies are an invitation to experience who God is and what God does. When, uh, when God healed Christopher of a migraine, it showed us, number one, that God really loves Christopher. He cares enough for Christopher to take away his migraine. That's his inheritance. But it also shows us what he does. He heals Christopher. And if he could do it for him, he could do it for other people. The, the power of a testimony is that it reveals who God is, the nature, character of who God is, and it reveals what God does. Revelations 19.10 says, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. When you share about what God's done, you're literally releasing the power for it to happen again. The Hebrew word for testimony is literally to do again. Isn't that amazing? When we release a testimony, a story, we're literally shifting the atmosphere to make the same thing that happened in a reality of our lives happen in that area right there. You know, I want to share a couple stories. You know, David shared about um, his, his story with his father last week, and I think it's a Korean thing, but... Our generation of Korean fathers, they didn't know how to father us really well. And um, because of that, I was never intimate with my father. I grew up with all this resentment, all this bitterness. You know, the truth is I couldn't ever open up my heart to my father because I just felt so disconnected. I felt so hurt, so robbed. Like, I would watch all my friends play, like, football with their dad, and I was like, why can't I experience that? Like, I want a father. And this bitterness welled up in my heart, and I can never open up my heart to my dad. Through middle school, high school, I just, college, I couldn't open up my heart. I couldn't even smile at my dad. I couldn't share with my dad what I like to do. You know, I was starting rapping in high school, and I was really excited about it. But I couldn't share with him for some reason. I felt like he didn't have a right to get into that place in my heart. You know, I felt like he didn't have a right. There's all this bitterness welled up. And I remember one time we were in a prayer meeting in college. And, you know, Daniel and Christopher were there. And we were just praying and trying to break through. And have you ever been in a prayer meeting where it was just, like, stale? Like, you just could not feel the presence. You just couldn't break through. And we were going hard like that for, like, an hour and a half. It was tiring. And finally, the Lord spoke a word to my heart and said, Mickey, right now in this season, I'm calling you to forgive your father. I was like, no. No, impossible. No. And, and then the Lord, he said, no, now is the time. Forgive your father. Let it go. And I want you to embrace him. I want to restore your relationship. And I remember um, at that prayer meeting, I just shared. And I just started breaking down. And I was like, guys, I have bitterness against my father. I hate my father. But I feel like now I'm ready to forgive him. And I want God to restore our relationship. 
And I remember that just broke open the heavens in our prayer meeting. It was like, shut up. Like, God, we're just entering into the presence so freely. It was powerful. And they started praying for me. And there was so much breakthrough in my heart. I was ready to drive home that night and go to my dad and share my heart with him and restore a relationship. But I had to go to L.A. first for a vacation. And so I was, um, <laughs> I was driving down to L.A. And um, I was in my car. And um, I was spending time with the Lord, as holy people do. And... Um, <laughs> As I was praying, the Lord started showing me a vision. He showed me a vision of me and my parents. I'm the only child in our living room, holding hands, praying together. And you don't understand how crazy this is. We've never done anything remotely close to that. I never held my, 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 my dad's hand or anything like that. He's never prayed in front of me. We didn't have that kind of relationship, but he showed me, this is what's going to happen. This is your inheritance. I got down to L.A. I met up with one of my friends, and we sat down. We shared our life stories. I didn't share that part of my life, but... But he started praying for me after. He's, he's like, Mickey, I'm getting this vision. I see you, your mom, and your dad in a living room kind of thing. And there's a couch and a, a window that, that shows a view of the whole city. And that's exactly what my house looks like. And he said, I see you guys holding hands and praying together. And I was like, no way. <laughs> no way. And he was like, yeah, that's what I see. And you know what? I see that that's a sign, a greater sign for the rest of your family through this your entire family is going to gather to pray together. And I was like, all right, I'm ready to go. I am ready to go back home and talk to my dad. So I sped back all the way home to the Bay Area, and I went to my parents' house. I burst through the front door. I was like, I'm about to do this. I walked up to my dad. I was like, hey, dad. And then I went to my bedroom. <laughs> I was scared. Out. Let, me, let me tell you, when you've closed your heart off to someone for that long, it is the scary, is literally the scariest thing to open up your heart, make yourself vulnerable to that person. And I remember I was in there and I was looking at the mirror. I was like, oh, come on, Mickey, you're such a pansy. Come on, come on, come on. And for 25 minutes, I was pumping myself up and I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. You know, I was building and strengthening myself up in the spirit. It might have been in the flesh, but it doesn't matter. I got ready. I burst through that door. You know, I walked up to my dad. I walked up to him and for the first time, I just opened my heart and just let loose. I said, Dad, you hurt me growing up. I wanted a father, but I felt like I didn't have one. But I want you to know that I forgive you, and I hope that you could forgive me for closing off my heart to you. And I started breaking down. First time, I just opened up my heart. You know what happened? My dad, I've never seen him cry. He started breaking down. My mom came up next to him. She started breaking down. And I start breaking down more. And we're all just sobbing. And for the first time ever, my dad, he opened up his heart to me. He said, you know what? I loved you with all my heart. But my father, um, my grandfather, he was a pastor and he was always at church. He didn't really father me. And so I didn't know how to father you. But I loved you. I wanted to. And you know what? For the first time that night, we held hands in our living room with the view, looking over the city. And we prayed together. <laughs> it was amazing. It was a fulfillment of the vision the Lord gave me. And here's the amazing thing. I lived in my house for the next year. Every week we gathered and we did Bible study together. You know, they speak Korean and I speak English. It was really hard actually. And we have totally different theology, but we sat down and we, we talked about things of God together and we prayed together once a week, every day for that whole year. And, you know, here's the amazing thing. That's a great testimony of it, in it of itself. And it's great for me and my family. But I remember in college group, uh, a couple weeks later, I shared my testimony of, uh, just like I shared with you. And um, the next two months, after I shared that testimony, 
I had countless people come up to me saying, you know what? Me and my dad are going through the same thing. Me and my mom are going through the same thing. But when you shared that testimony, something started to happen in me. Faith started to rise up. And I said, this is possible. God could restore my relationship with my parents. God could restore my relationship with my father, with my mother. And they told me testimonies of how they went to their parents, opened up their heart, and God began a restorative process in their families. You see, it was bigger than just me and my dad and my mom. It was bigger than just my family. The testimony of the Lord that God placed in my life was meant for everyone who heard it and the same reality that i experienced the same breakthrough i experienced was meant for them to experience as well one of my favorite stories by uh i love i love love bethel church in reading and bill johnson's the head pastor there he has this one crazy story um so he loses things and um one time he lost this really cool hunting knife right he lost this really cool hunting knife that was given to him as a gift and one day he just in his head he was just walking out he's like i'm fed up with losing stuff The devil's trying to make me lose my mind and lose all my favorite stuff. It's not going to happen. The Lord says everything will be found. And so he he was walking down the street, literally. And he said, you know what? I just pray right now that I would find my knife. You know what happened? Literally, a knife fell from midair and landed on his hand. It stabbed him. No, I'm just kidding. It landed right. (laughs) That's like the worst thing to pray for, right? (laughs) It's like, oh. But it landed on his hand. He got his knife back right? That's an amazing story. I heard that I was in bed and I was watching a TV show and I was like, oh my God, I gotta, I gotta turn on something else, but I don't want to get up. You know, when you're in bed, you're really comfortable. You don't want to get up. And I used to have this remote for my, my computer, my MacBook, And I loved it because I could be in bed and I could shift things. And, and I remember I'd lost it a couple months ago, but you know what? I was like, when I heard that, that sermon, I was like, you know what? I'm going to recover everything that's lost. His testimony is my inheritance. I'm going to make it my inheritance. And so I prayed, Lord, reveal to me the remote. (laughs) And I waited. (laughs) And nothing came. And I felt like an idiot. My roommate hopefully didn't see me. But anyway, then I started shuffling through my sheets. And trust me, I checked my bed countless times because I love this remote. And it's $30. I don't want to buy another one. And I was shuffling through the sheets. And it literally popped out of the sheets right there. And I was like, hallelujah. You know, after I told that story to a couple of my friends, throughout the next months, throughout the next few months, a lot of people that were losing stuff, they started finding it. I lost my wallet. I lost my phone. I lost my keys. Oh, let's pray for it. God did this for me. He could do it for you. They found it. In places, they searched again and again. A couple months ago, Isaiah, my housemate, he's not here, right? So I could bag on him. Okay, he always loses stuff. <laughs> now, we all always lose stuff. But he, he loses stuff sometimes. And um, he lost his wallet. And um, he searched everywhere for it. He turned his room upside down. He went to my car. He used my car. Sometimes. He checked my car. He checked his backpack. He checked everywhere. I told him, and I was like, oh, this is, I remember this happened to me. I heard this testimony. I prayed for it, and the same thing happened to me. I believe it could happen for you. And so we prayed right there. Lord, we just pray that you would show Isaiah where his wallet is. He went back to his room. He's like, I received that. Couple minutes later, he runs to my room. He's like, Mickey, I found my wallet. I was like, I know, right? And he's like, it was in my backpack. But I checked my backpack like 50 times, but it's there. You see, the testimony wasn't just for me. It wasn't just for Bill Johnson. It's meant to be replicated and duplicated to everyone who hears it. You know, Christopher's uh, going to Korea this week also, and I'm a little jealous. I'm not going to lie. I love going to Korea. And, you know, traveling a lot, one thing that I always pray for 
is that I would supernaturally get bumped up to business class or first class. I just feel like that's my inheritance. You know, Daniel says I'm a man of extravagance. I literally believe that when I walk into the airplane, they're going to give me that seat every time. But it's never happened. And, you know, I asked the flight attendant, and, um, and they look at me like I'm an idiot. They're like, can I please get first class? I'm like, are you stupid? Are you serious? No, it costs thousands of dollars. But you know what? Christopher, guess what? He's going to Korea this week. He got a free ticket business class to go to Korea for free. And you know what? When I hear that testimony, I get excited. You know why? His testimony is my testimony. Next time I travel the missions, I'm going first class. I'm going business class. His testimony is mine. You know, we have to learn to receive the testimony of one another and take it as our own. I take that, Chris. I take it. But you enjoy that. It's going to be good. Yes. Testimonies stir faith and break through the realm of impossibilities. Uh, One of my favorite stories is about the man breaking the four-minute mile. You know, for centuries before it happened, people were trying to break the four-minute mile. They thought it was impossible. Scientists even said, it's actually detrimental to your health. Don't even try it. You might combust spontaneously. You might just die. You might just fall and die. It's not possible for a human to beat the four-minute mile. And I actually hear myths and legends of, of uh, Romans. Um, they would release people to try to break this record. And um, they'd release lions to chase them, to encourage them to run faster. I think every single one of them died, but it seemed impossible. No one thought it could be humanly possible. On May 6, 1954, a man named Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile. Scientists were baffled. They thought it was humanly impossible, but he broke it. He ran it in three minutes and 59.4 seconds. That's not the amazing thing. You ready for this? Six weeks later, June 21st, a man named John Landy broke his record. Hallelujah. By 1957, 16 runners had broken the four-minute mile record. And now, since then, hundreds have broken it. Even high school students nowadays can break the four-minute mile. But before that, think about it. Before 1954, century upon century upon century, they thought it was impossible. But as soon as one man showed that it was possible, bam, everyone started doing it. You know, when we break through, when we receive a breakthrough, when we receive a healing, a miracle, a testimony, we're breaking, literally breaking through the realm of impossibilities for everyone behind us. People who thought that was impossible, now that I've seen you break through it, I can break through it too. Now that I've seen it happen to you, it can happen to me too. Your testimony is breaking through the walls of impossibility for me, and I'm entering into the realm of faith. You know, right now, um, I, I mentioned in first service that in the morning, I was preparing for my message in Pastor Benjamin's office, and uh, I was on Yahoo homepage because all the good news is there. And... Um, <laughs> And it showed this, it said live video feed. And for a man named Felix Baumgartner, I think he's German. And he's going to attempt, and you can watch it live. He's going to attempt to go 23 miles above the earth, lifted in a balloon in a space pod that he's in. And he wants to be the first guy of a diver to break through the sound barrier into the earth. So literally, he's in a space pod, and a balloon is lifting him up above the earth's atmosphere. And he's going to jump out 23 miles above the earth and break through the sound barrier and skydive down. He's crazy. I was like, oh, my God. So I tuned in and I was watching and and, um, 
he was still only about 20,000 feet high. He needed to get to 120,000 feet. So I'm like, oh, I'm not going to be able to see if he makes it or not by uh, second service. But lo and behold, during pre-service prayer, I was inside the room, and I tuned back on. And then Christopher was there, too, and uh, Isaiah was there. We were watching, and the space pod was opening up, and you could see the view. He was literally above the earth. He was in space. It was crazy. And we are like, oh, my God, he's actually doing it. Like, he's going to die. Like, we were, we, were, we were literally holding our breath. Like, I was praying inside. I was like, oh, my God, Lord, I pray that he doesn't die. This is on national television. He, he goes up, and he jumps. And we're like, <gasps> and we're watching the thing. And it, all of a sudden, he starts tumbling. And we're like, and he's tumbling and tumbling. And like, oh, my God, this is not good. He was going faster and faster and faster. He started hitting 600 miles per hour. The sound barrier, they said, at that atmosphere, to break it, you got to hit 690. But he was hitting close to 690. I don't know if he broke it or not. But what I do know is that he's alive. He made it. Hallelujah. Good job. He won the record for the highest free fall and the fastest free fall. No one had ever gone faster than him in that free fall. And the reason why I'm telling you this story is not that it's just cool. But I guarantee you, in the upcoming years, there are going to be many people Idiots, in my opinion, trying to go up and break the sound barrier because one man showed that it was possible to do it. You see, your breakthroughs is, yeah, it's your breakthroughs. (laughs) This is good. Hallelujah. So how do we establish a culture of testimony? We have to learn how to steward the testimonies that God has given us. And I believe that there's two ways that we could do this. Number one is declaration. And number two is remembrance. There's a clear connection between declaration and the release of power. When things are declared here on earth, there's something that happens in the spiritual atmosphere where there's a release of God's power. That's why we have people come up because they're declaring by their action that I believe that I could receive my healing. I believe I could receive my breakthrough. That's why we have people shout out prayers. We're not just crazy fanatics that just shout for no reason. We actually believe there's power in declaration. When we declare things, there's a release of God's power in the atmosphere. You know, that's why there's been so many healings at Living Hope. That's why we have David come up here and blaze a fire for y'all. So you can start declaring what God wants to do inside of you. You know, I remember um, I was in Korea, and we were, we were ministering to inner-city children, and we were in a gym, and they were playing dodgeball, and I was just sitting down and watching, having fun, and a kid ran up to me, and he's like, ah, I can't play anymore. My legs hurt. It really hurt, and I think he was making a bigger deal of it than it really was, but his, his leg clearly hurt. I could see it in his face, and so I, I sat him down. I was like, you know what? One time, I was playing softball, and I bent down to pick up a grounder, and I literally threw out my back, and um, after that, my pastor told me, start praying for it. And so I remember I prayed for it, and the Lord healed me miraculously right there. It was amazing. And he's like, really? God could do that? And I was like, yeah. And so you know your leg is hurting right now? God could heal it right now. He's like, okay, let's pray. And so I started praying for him. Two seconds later, he's like, oh, Mickey, my leg's all better. I can go play again. Yay! And I was like, yeah, good job, man. And then another kid comes up, and he'd been playing too, and he's like, oh, my arm hurts. I can't play anymore. My elbow's injured. And I was like, oh, you know what? The little kid, he looked up. He's like, you know what? 
God just healed my leg right now. And God healed Mickey's back. He could heal your elbow too. He started declaring the healing of the Lord to him, sharing his testimony. And so he prayed, and I prayed for the second boy. It, t- it took about two minutes, but finally he's like, oh, my God, my arm's better. Yeah! And then finally a third kid comes, and, and he was a little heftier. And um, he comes, he's like, I'm having trouble breathing. I was like, oh, my God, poor thing. I know what that's like. And so I was like, come over here. And I was like, you know what? You know what? Kids, just share. And they started sharing what the Lord had done. And so we just started declaring healing over him too. After a couple minutes, he was like, I could breathe normal. I could go play. All three were so excited. I was like, yay. And they're like, yay. You know what? There's power when we declare healing. When we share the testimony of what God's done, it passes on and it passes on and it passes on. We talk about going from glory to greater glory. And in the Bible it says to his uh, government, to the increase of his government, there will be no end. And so when we share testimony, we're literally starting a chain reaction that's meant to go up through the earth and establish the kingdom of God. And that's what happened to these kids. It was so cute. But it was powerful, amen? amen. The second thing, remembrance. The testimony of the Lord must be remembered. What I find is we choose to forget the most important things, and we choose to remember the things that we shouldn't even be thinking about at all. We choose to think of what God hasn't done. We choose to think of, oh, my God, my life sucks, FML. We choose to think of all the stuff that we shouldn't be thinking about when God's calling us to remember what he's done in our lives and think about his goodness. You know, the word for remembrance, the Hebrew root word, is actually the same word as male. I know there's no revelation there yet. When I read that, I was like, is that supposed to be deep? Hmm. I'm going to expound upon it. The Hebrew root word for the word remember is male. And the thing about a male or a man is they carry the seed for reproduction. When you remember the testimony and the goodness of the Lord, you literally carry the seed for reproduction of the exact same thing that the Lord has done for you. And when you go into a new environment, you get to plant that seed and it replicates. (sighs) Did you get that? (laughs) That's amazing. We carry the seed for replicating everything that God's done in our lives. But we only carry it when we choose to remember. And what I find is we got to remember God's goodness. We got to remember the testimonies of the Lord. You know, as you know, I'm the missions pastor, and so I had to travel a lot this year. You know, in March, I went to Indonesia. And then in April, I went to Korea. And then May and June, I went to Thailand and Myanmar. And then in August, I went to Indonesia again, and we did like over 75 services. And then I went to, in September, I went to Mozambique. By the end of Mozambique, the last day we were there, um, I got struck with the stomach virus, and I was literally diarrheaing all night. Yes, every hour I would have to wake up, go to the bathroom, and release the glory of the Lord. And it was such a pain, like, it hurt so bad. And I was, I'm just telling you the truth. And coupled with, I was just tired. You know, I'm tired. I've gone on so many trips, you know. And the end of my last trip, I just want something to go smoothly. And this was happening the last day. And so even throughout the flight, I was in pain. And finally, we got to Canada. Air Canada. Air Canada, I'm so mad at Air Canada, I need healing from it. But Air Canada, they didn't bring our bags out in time, and so we couldn't make our flights. And so I started cursing Air Canada in my heart. I was like, Air Canada, oh, I hate Air Canada. And I, I really need inner healing, Lord. And I was just so upset, and we didn't make our flight. And the thing was, I was flying straight into L.A. to do a show that night. 
And so I had to be on time so I could, you know, shower, get, get myself ready, practice my lyrics. But the flight got delayed because they didn't bring our bags out in time, two hours. And I was just so upset. You know, I was on the, on the whole plane ride, I was just thinking, oh, my God, this sucks. Like, I just want something to go right. And I literally felt at the end of my strength. I lost so much weight just from diarying. I gained it all back in the last couple of weeks. But I was just, I was just a wreck. And I, was, I just kept thinking, God, why couldn't you just make this flight come on time? God, why did you have to give me this stomach virus? God, why, 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 why? But you know what? I was sitting next to someone on the plane, and she asked, oh, hey, you know, my name is this and that. And she said, oh, so what do you do? Like, oh, you know, I'm just, just a missions pastor at my church, and, you know, I travel around the world all the time, minister the gospel, and see miraculous healings, and, oh, I'm also a rapper and a hip-hop artist, and I sell CDs, and I'm going to do a show right now. He's like, that sounds awesome and exciting. I was like, yeah, I guess so. He's like, so where have you been this year? And I was like, you know, in March, we went to Indonesia, and, oh, you know what? When we went, uh, we actually saw a woman on the brink of death, and we prayed for healing. And right there on the spot, she got healed. And she started dancing on stage. He's like, what? And I started sharing testimony. After The Lord started bringing back to my mind the testimonies that he'd given me throughout the year. And I started remembering. And you know the Bible verse we read, it says, the, the testimony is a heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. Joy started filling my heart. And I started focusing off of what God didn't do. I started focusing off of what the enemy did. And I started focusing on everything good that God has done this year. You know, God has done crazy things this year. You want to hear some of the testimonies? I'm going to let you hear some of the testimonies. Just in this last month, God healed migraines, hip pains, lactose intolerance, fruit allergies, seizures, nerve pains, nausea and mouth sores, sickle cell anemia, back pain, diabetes, high blood pressure, arthritis, brought clarity and joy, broke off discouragement, gave someone tongues for the first time, cramping and nausea, not to mention the healings that we saw in Indonesia, Thailand, plus the 250 plus miraculous healings we saw in Indonesia in August. He did so much. But what are we choosing to remember? Are we remembering what God hasn't done? Or are we choosing to remember the goodness of what God has done? Part of your stewardship is remembering. And you know, the Israelites, let me say this. They, they were ready. They weren't ready to possess their inheritance. After they got delivered from Egypt, they said, this is the promised land. It's flowing with milk and honey. It's yours. It's your inheritance. All of it is yours. But you know what? They weren't ready to steward it. It's the Lord. He had to make them wander 40 years in the desert before their hearts were ready to steward everything that the Lord had for them. You know, God, he wants to release more than just what I've read. That's literally the tip of the iceberg. You know, in Indonesia, I saw my first creative miracle before my very eyes. There was a man, and uh, no, there was a woman. She had bag, hip, and leg problems, and, and I was just praying for her for five minutes, and nothing was happening. Finally, the Lord said, one of her legs is shorter than the other. And so I sat her down, and I pulled out her legs, and literally one was shorter than the other. And so I started praying for it. I said, leg, grow in Jesus' name. You know what happened? The leg literally grew out. You know, I've seen people shift it and make it look like the leg's growing out. But literally, I stood there, and the leg grew out in my hand. That's a creative miracle. God wants to release greater things. But he's asking, are you ready to steward what I give you? Have you stewarded the series of miracles I've given you as of late? Have you been telling your friends of the amazing things God's doing in this house? Have you been telling your friends, oh, my God, like this person had a migraine. This person has sickle cell anemia, and God healed her. He could do it for you, too. Are you sharing and declaring the steward, uh, the testimonies that God's calling us to steward? You know, dec declaration and remembrance are the same. They're opposite sides of the same coin. They go hand in hand. 
And um, one of my favorite verses is from Luke, and it says this. It says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart, where'd it go? Brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. You know, our hearts are filled with whatever captivates our thoughts and affections. And when we choose not to remember God's goodness, that's ultimately what we're going to start declaring. When we think of everything God hasn't done, I mean, have you been around someone that all they do is there's just a Debbie Downer? You know, all they do is say, oh, my God, it's sunny today. I hate the sun. I get sunburned all the time. <laughs> or it's like the next day they're like, oh, my God, it's raining. It's so gloomy. I feel so sad. You know, some people, they, all they can see, all they fill their heart and their thoughts with is negativity. All they think about is what God isn't doing, what the enemy's doing, how my life is horrible. But you know what? When someone learns to steward the testimonies of the Lord, when someone learns to see, oh, my God, it's sunny today. But you know what? It was raining last week. Thank God. Hallelujah. When you, when you start to steward the testimonies of God and, and ponder upon his goodness, what comes out of your mouth are declarations of testimony. And that's what God longs for. That's what he longs to release. You know, whenever um, the people of God, whenever something great happened to them, they would, um, they were, they were nomads for a while. And so they would build memorials wherever they went, wherever God did something, to remind them of what God had done. My question to you is this. Are you building memorials in your life to remember what God has done? You know, one of my favorite pastors I mentioned him, Bill Johnson, he does this thing where he travels one-third of the year by plane to go minister all around the world. And um, he carries with him this book of index cards. And written on it, for, it's, it's for the past 30 or 40 years, every prophetic word, every testimony, every breakthrough he's ever received, he's written on these note cards. And when he's traveling, he flips through these things. And it's cool because when something happens, he checked it off. Like, this was prophesied over me in 1979. And it happened. I could check it off. Or if he sees something else that didn't happen yet, he, he looks at it and says, oh, my God, God said this would happen to me. I believe it's going to happen very soon. You know, a lot of times there's so many things that God is longing to release to us. But are you stewarding it well? Are you building memorials around the thing that God has done? And so I, I feel practically, this is a practical application for you guys. Um, I feel like God wants us to journal. Amen. You know, I don't like writing that much. Even when I do sermons, I don't like writing. I just like coming up and, and sharing what's on my heart. But, but God said specifically, Mickey, if you want to learn a steward, because you have horrible memory. Who here has horrible memory? I don't even know where my keys are right now. I think I might have given it to Isaiah or it might be in Pastor Benjamin. I don't know. We forget all the time. But God has given us practical ways in which we can steward the good things that he's given to us. And he says, Mickey, right now you have to start journaling. And so you know what? I got this app on my phone. It's called Awesome Note. I made a, a specific section for prophetic words and testimonies. And I write down every single thing that God has done. I encourage you guys to do the same thing because we forget so easily. We forget so easily. And when we're not thinking about the goodness of God, you know what we're thinking of? We're thinking of the badness of the enemy. <laughs> Something like that. We're not thinking, when we're not thinking about the good things of God, we're not thinking about things that we should be thinking about. And I feel like this is one practical way that the Lord says, this is how you steward your testimonies. This is how you steward the breakthrough that's happening. God is doing something really exciting and good in this house. Let me tell you, it goes beyond just this, this place. You know, we each have a circle of influence that God longs to reach. But you know what? We have to establish in this house a culture where 
you know what? It's not okay for me to withhold the testimony of the Lord from the world. They need to hear it. There's a world testifying how the world's going to hell. We need to, how much more should we testify that the kingdom of God has come? It's come to heal you. It's come to bring you breakthrough. It's come to release the kingdom everywhere. We have to be that much more zealous to release the testimony of the Lord to everyone that we know. And he's doing it right now. He's releasing so many miracles. But God's asking, are you learning to steward the testimony that I'm giving you? Are you learning to establish a culture of testimony in this house? And I believe that's what God wants to do. And as he does that, his government increases more and more. His authority, his expanse increases more and more. And it goes forth from this place. And so I encourage you, be zealous to declare the promises and the the testimony of the Lord. Be zealous with your friends. In fact, today. I want you to think of one person that you know that's going through a struggle, that needs a breakthrough, that needs a healing. And I want you to contact that person and share a testimony with them. Every believer should always have a testimony on their lips. If I came up to you and asked you, can you share a testimony with me? If you can't think of one, you're not stewarding the testimony of the Lord. And God wants us to steward it and steward it well. And so I challenge you guys today, find that one person and just share a testimony and release what the Lord's given you and replicate in their lives. That's how, you know how we know that we're stewarding the testimony of the Lord? When it's replicated or duplicated or multiplied. When we see it replicated or duplicated everywhere we go, that's how we know that we're really stewarding something well. You know, what happened with the, the man with uh, one talent? He buried it and he retained one talent. If you're receiving testimonies of the Lord and it's not multiplying and you're not seeing it happen around you, you're not stewarding it well. It has to multiply. And God wants to release that in this house. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much that your presence is here. Mm. I thank you you're doing something new. I thank you it's always like springtime with you. You make all things new. You're doing something new in this house. And we've seen waves of healing come before. But it's different. This time it's different. It's unique. You're trying to teach us something new through these waves of healing. And it's not just that you meet our every need. But it's that, Lord, you long for the sons and the daughters of this house to rise up and steward your testimonies well. Lord, how many more waves of testimonies and and healings will we have to go through before we understand that you call us to declare and remember your testimony to all this earth? Lord, we pray for the conviction to arise in hearts right now. The stirring of hearts right now. To steward, to remember and declare your testimony well. We thank you that this is just the beginning. Mm. Thank you. You're releasing more. You're releasing more in this house. You know, right now, I feel like um, I feel like God wants some of you are hearing this and you can't think of a single testimony of the Lord right now. It's just hard for you. And for some of you, it's because you haven't received Jesus Christ into your life yet. And this invitation is for you. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ into your life, let me tell you, you can't experience the plethora of testimonies that he has for you unless you experience the greatest testimony God has for your life. And it's the testimony of your salvation. If that's you and you want to give your life to Christ and you want to experience the nature and inheritance of the testimonies of the Lord, I want you to raise your hand right now. If you haven't received Christ... Hallelujah. Everyone's saved. <laughs> and you at home, if, if, if any of you guys are, are um, you want to accept Jesus Christ into your heart through the Ustream, I want you to raise your hand. And I want you to accept him into your heart right now. Lord, I just declare that whoever's raising their hands, whether it's at home or here, 
whoever wants to accept you. Lord, we just declare over them, Lord, that salvation has come today. We thank you that today is the day that they receive the greatest testimony of their life. It's the testimony of salvation. And we thank you that you've covered all of their sins with your blood. And they declare that they believe that you are the savior of their souls. And Lord, that you welcome them into your kingdom as sons and daughters. My next invitation, if you, if there's something in your life that you need a breakthrough for, I feel like the, the atmosphere is so ripe for you to receive it right now. But I feel like God's saying you have to respond. You have to be declaring that I believe that God's going to bring breakthrough to my life right now. It could be physical healing. It could be something in your heart. It could be some issue you're going through. But if that's you, I want you to take a step of faith forward and come to this altar. And we're going to pray and believe for your breakthrough. We've heard so many testimonies today. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Every testimony you've heard is your inheritance. And I feel like God wants to add to the inheritance today. So if that's you and you need a breakthrough of any sort, if you need anything that, that needs breakthrough or healing in your life, I want you to come forward to this altar right now. Hallelujah. Don't be shy. This is your moment. God's stirring and birthing a testimony in you right now that you could tell, that you could declare and steward and remember well. Thank you, Lord. If I could have the, the lay pastors and Pastor Daniel come and just, just pray for them right now. If that's you, come forward. I feel like God still wants to bring some more people forth. And you've been waiting. You've been waiting and waiting. But God's saying, I'm going to birth a testimony in you today. Right here, right now. The atmosphere is ripe for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lord, we thank you. You're, you're releasing into the atmosphere a new wave of testimony, a new wave of your goodness. Thank you that you're releasing into this atmosphere, God. Healing, breakthrough, God. I thank you for the ones who have come up in faith. You're releasing breakthrough into their lives. You're releasing a new wave of goodness, of your goodness, of your promises into their lives right now. And we just declare they receive it. Thank you that the seeds are being planted right now. The seeds of testimony are being planted right now. The seeds of reproduction for everything you've done in your word, for every story they've heard, it's being reproduced right now. And we just release it upon them. Yes, yes, yes. As these, uh, these, are, these people are getting prayed for, I want the rest of you guys, I want you to put your hand on your heart right now. Mm. Yeah. And um, I just want you to make a commitment to the Lord today that you're going to steward the testimony of the Lord. You're going to steward the testimonies that God releases into your life. I want you to just make a commitment to the Lord. It doesn't have to be out loud. It, it could be silent. But I want you to declare, I'm going to steward. I'm going to remember the testimonies that you've given me. I'm going to remember the testimonies of this house. And I'm going to declare them to this world, to this dying world. I'm going to declare the testimonies of the Lord. I want you to make that commitment with the Lord right now. Mm. Lord, we commit our hearts to you. We commit our lives as vessels for your glory. We commit our mouths as, 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 as gateways to your testimony, God. And we just declare we're going to release your testimony. We're going to steward your testimony. We're going to remember and declare it. And we're going to see you establish a culture, a supernatural culture, here in this church and here in this city, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, yes, yes. And we come into agreement in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. 
You guys are released. If you want additional prayer, I encourage you to come up to the altar. But thank you. Have a great Sunday. And a steward, remember to steward and contact that one person and release the testimony of the Lord. Amen.